and welcome to the Orion Open Science Podcast. I'm Zoe Ingram. I'm Emma Harris. I'm Louisa Bengtsson. And we're broadcasting to you from Berlin, Germany. So Zoe and I went to the really interesting conference in Leipzig that was on November 14th and 15th. The conference was called Doing Good, Scientific Practice and the Review. Super good title, super fitting, super conference. And we'll give you more <laughs> details now in this episode, okay? Um, but yeah, that was in Leipzig. It was a two-day conference. It was at uh, Max Planck Institute for Cognitive and Human Brain Sciences. It was organized by Sandra Martin and Cornelia van Scheppenberg, two PhD students. Wow. Amazing, really. Yeah. Um, we'll be talking to them later so they can tell us more about the motivation for doing this. And yeah, um, yeah, the conference program was super varied, like everything from keynotes to hands-on sessions to workshops and even a social program was there. So what I really liked about this conference as well was the range of topics. So it was really like from kind of motivational pep talk in a way, like mm -hmm. how to how to do good good scientific practice with open science tools, um, to uh, really a plaidoyer for sharing research on Twitter, communicating. Um, that was the second keynote was really inspiring. And then we also even um, got to meet a person who's actually really living all this and is really doing good. <laughs> so that was really uh, inspiring. So the first first keynote was by Ulrich Dernagel. He's from the Quest Center from the Charité Berlin. Second was by Daniel Quintana, who is working at the University of Oslo. And the third one was by Candice Morey. She's the University of, at the University of Cardiff. And all three were really good. They had workshops and hand-on sessions that ranged from a lot of different things, from project planning to statistical bias and p-hacking to reflecting good scientific practice. What does it mean for everyday practice? Um, and then things like how do you pre-register uh, the beginner's guide to public engagement and using social media for open science. We will link to the program because it's interesting. You should definitely take a look. I think all of the key points that were in there are little skills that you need to do open science. Mm -hmm. And you can see that. It's a very well-rounded program. The first keynote was uh, was really good, as um, as always, I must say. I've heard Ulrich Dinager before. So it was really interesting because he made the case for uh, that open science is basically good science. And he showed kind of the way, like how to do good scientific practice. Yeah, interestingly, he was talking about how we need to rethink what scientific practice is and that scienti good scientific practice doesn't mean not doing misconduct. I mean, yes, of course, it does mean that, but that's not the basic point of it. The basic point is doing robust science, and that means that it's trustworthy, useful, and ethical. It's about practicing and having yourself be accountable as a scientist to produce robust Results. Yeah, he basically established the, the link, uh, which is kind of obvious that good scientific practice is actually open science. You can use the tools of open science to do good science, basically. Yeah, well, I mean, this is what I've been arguing for, for years, That because I used to do research integrity, and I've said the flip side of bad science is open science. If you do things in an open science, with open science principles and open science tools, you won't commit research misconduct. Because it's like the antithesis to that. Well, I, I guess it's more like this thing of like, if you're doing something in the open, uh, then it's kind of hard to do. Yeah, 
Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's transparency and you're sharing data and you're making things open and you're talking about your research. It's very hard to then cut corners and do these kind of slightly dodgy things that... Which are not done on purpose, actually. I mean, you know, we don't want to create the impression that scientists are like doing bad for bad sake. It's really, uh, it's just sometimes it's just not knowing better, basically. Yeah, exactly. It's either ignorance or it can be that there's so much pressure to get a certain result that, that, you know, you kind of out of desperation, maybe cut corners. I mm. mean, I don't think any scientist wants to um, do misconduct in in any way. But I think the interesting point is that he was saying, you know, we need to think much farther than misconduct. Yeah, misconduct mm. is an aspect, but that's not where we need to lay our focus when we're thinking about good scientific practice. The keynote really set a high bar for the rest of the conference. I came out of it with the sensation, wow, I'm going to have a great next two days. And here's what uh, Karl Beuschel from the University of Leipzig had to say about Ulrich Diernagel's talk. I liked, his, of course, his positive attitude and, and he is in a position to change things to it better. And his answer to my question was um, that the system is being changed and funding commissions are lean, more leaning towards um, um, funding work that is, has good scientific practice, etc. So that's a good positive message because I'm a little bit more pessimistic because uh, there are people who say that the system of academic publishing and research is so fatally flawed that there's no way to change it from the inside. Next, we got to talk to the organizers of the conference. It's uh, Sandra Martin and Cornelia van Scherpenberg. And the imp- I'm, I'm super impressed with their um, with the work because they're actually PhD students and they organize this conference by themselves, basically. decide to do this? Um, so for me it was definitely two things. On the one hand I really like organizing events and I just so much fun being behind the scenes and like getting together all the people, setting up a program and being like the sort of the impulse giver of the whole event and like coming up with ideas how to structure it. And yeah, so that for me, that's a lot of fun. And then also from the content side, um, this is just a topic that we think is super important. Um, we've been hearing about it in lectures, in soft skill seminars, but we thought that this is not enough. Like we want to have a proper event that has not only talks, but also workshops and more hands-on events um, where you can really apply also things that you've learned um, in, the, in theory and there was such an event was still missing in our opinion and or in my opinion and that's why we yeah we wanted to organize an event like the current one mm-hmm. yeah for me it was uh i visited a uh, an advanced statistics course uh in october last year and the lecturer was constantly talking about these p-hacking things and harking and all these statistical biases and then i was thinking wait there's so many papers out there that just do this and there are so many young researchers out there that also they taught it that way and they do it that way and then we were talking and we came up with this idea to organize something that brings these topics specifically to young researchers who can maybe change something in their research also. So you mentioned that I mean you are early career researchers mm-hmm. and the, sem- so the seminar or the, the symposium is basically from young researchers for mm-hmm. young researchers, right? So what do senior researchers think about it? 
<laughs> yeah, so uh, when we first presented the idea here at the Institute, um, they were, I would say, a bit skeptical. I mean, they were supportive. They didn't say don't do it, but definitely they were a bit skeptical. And they were especially not expecting that so many people would register, honestly. They were like, it's going to be a small group. But they were also really surprised when we had so many registrations and so much interest coming in. And then I think what also helped was that there are some more senior people here also that also showed an interest and then people understood this is important. And then also, again, we had an open science day here at the Institute in May, and this also increased awareness already. So people, especially here at the Institute, they are already aware about these uh, things and these topics. Tell yeah. me about the open science day. That's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah we also um, found out about it like when they were already organizing and uh, we were sort of organizing in parallel, which was a bit funny, but um, they, um, yeah, so there was an, there's an open science initiative here at the Institute, which um, funded, was funded, founded um, beginning of the year, maybe. And um, they wanted to have like a kickoff event to kick off this open science initiative. And um, yeah, they had a whole day event where um, they also invited speakers, how many, five or six maybe, so mostly keynote speakers, but also like experience talks and more like hands-on talks and a panel discussion in the end. Um, and yeah, so this was a one-day event, but it was mainly focused on um, on the research that we do here and also for targeted at people who work at this institute. Mm -hmm. And um, so that was also why then we thought, okay, like our event will, would be a nice addition because ours is really open to um, all kinds of people from all kinds of institutions and maybe especially institutions who um, like universities or, or different institutions that are not as richly, uh, yeah, with a lot of infra infrastructure like the Max Planck Institute um, where they don't maybe have as much um, yeah, possibilities to, to get these kind of workshops or insights because actually here at the Institute we're quite lucky, I mean, even to have also our own open science initiative. I would be interested in uh, the title. How did you guys come up with that? Is there a story behind it? <laughs> yeah, so I think you came up with the part of doing good, and I came part with the uh, came up with the part of scientific practice under review. And I mean, the original idea is obviously to have this good scientific practice in there. So it's actually a small wordplay. I don't know how how well it comes out now. <laughs> this was the original idea. There's good scientific practice that we're interested in and we put this current scientific practice under review. Yeah. Yeah. And we want to do good scientific uh, practice and like yeah. Ulrich Dionaga said. Yeah, like yeah, and he yeah. really framed it quite nicely. Our, also our idea, like are we doing good? Mm -hmm. That's the question that we're asking in the symposium and yeah. yeah, asking from different perspectives. Yeah. Basically, it was also important to us in the title that there's more in there than open science because the symposium is not intended to only be, not only, but to only focus on open science. We want to grasp a bit more the aspects behind the way we're making science. That's more than just working transparent. That's other things that especially Ulrich Dirnagel focused on his talk today, I think also. And what do you uh, hope will come out of this symposium? So on the one hand, of course, just, I mean, really knowledge of the people, like for the people who are attending the symposium um, that they will get in the workshops and hands-on sessions, like better statistical methods, how to replicate a, a study, um, how to communicate um, issues with supervisors, how to be an, an integer researcher. Um, for example, and um, yeah, we also wanted to um, increase the awareness that 
there are events like this being organized and lots of people really care about this. And that's why we're also really active on Twitter, tweeting and also with this podcast, hopefully um, like making this more known. Um, and ideally, um, this will lead to, to strategies that people can adopt, that people will yeah, take away from the symposium and then can take home to their institutions and um, tell to their supervisors, their colleagues and um, yeah, strategies that they are able to adopt in their own labs um, back at home. So this would really be our aim and that's why we're actually also really happy that so many different institutions are present here um, so that as many people as possible widespread across Germany can um, profit from this and take what they learned here back to their institutions. Yeah. Yeah, and then also ideally we have this panel discussion tomorrow uh, in the afternoon and we have very different people coming from very different fields in academia together and ideally there will be some new, I don't know, ideas coming up there because I think it's not that often that, for example, publisher sits together with the funding agency DFG on one table and actually discusses these topics, so... Ideally, there will be, I don't know, some sort of, at least they have, uh, they met, at least they, they talked with each other and yeah, maybe we can. Who's the publisher? Uh, Wiley. Wiley. Wiley, yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So that's going to be interesting. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Very nice perspective on the whole thing from doing good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, must, I must say so far, I mean, congratulations. It's really, it's very nice atmosphere. And so Thanks. far, I mean, what we've heard, it's just spot on. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you. In 2020. There will be another going on. <laughs> I mean, we would be happy if someone else takes over. We would be happy to share our materials, yeah. whatever, our contacts. And um, and actually with this name, maybe also the title, if, if this would exist a little bit longer than this event, we wouldn't mind. It would yeah. be great. Yeah. So I think one idea we had was to take it simply uh, to a bigger level because we have the Max Planck Society, a PhD net of the Max Planck Society, and that would reach even more people also. And so maybe we could make it a Max Planck Society-wide thing and maybe open also to other institutions. And then I would be happy to contribute. It's always tricky when you're organizing this because you never know if you're going to reach a, a boundary at some stage. If someone will some, at some stage say, stop here, this is too much, you're putting too much work into this, or we're not helping you anymore, we don't have the funding for this. And this just didn't happen to us, so we're really lucky and very thankful to everyone who supported us, mm -hmm. and also really to the speakers, including you guys, and also the um, the keynote speakers, the, the workshop instructors, who agreed to participate in a bottom-up event, because like no one mm -hmm. knows us, we are nobodies, and we just asked, would you like to come and give a workshop or present here, and they all, like, Most of really the people yeah. that we asked said yes, and this is just amazing. And we're really thankful because, of course, without them, it would have been possible to have such a nice program here at this event. So, yeah, we're really, really thankful for that. <laughs> well, I And finally, we also get to talk to some participants to kind of hear the thoughts on how they felt the conference uh, was and um, how they liked it. So uh, we're talking to Jakob Belmund from, from Max Planck, um, from the same Max Planck as Sandra and Cornelia. Um, we're talking to Sandra Naumann, who is at the Humboldt University in Berlin, and also Tanya Jenike, who's also at the Humboldt University. 
So we had a lot of hands-on sessions, right? That was the big focus that I saw that they were talking about here at the symposium. Is there anything that you guys have learned in the last few days, last two days, that you're going to definitely start doing? Um, I think so. I am definitely, um, so right now I'm like in this um, process of like defining, okay, like this is what I want to present in my publications and it's really about narrowing things down and then how to communicate it to the public. And I think I really learned more about how to like give it to the public, the different like um, like web applications, the open science framework, how to put stuff on GitHub, how to connect everything together and um, also not make it too much work. So like the beginning of like setting everything up is a lot of work, but once you have everything up and running, I think it is a system that works for you and you don't work for the system anymore. And you can be so, yeah, really publicly transparent for that. Yeah, I also definitely learned a lot uh, during these sessions. So uh, my first session was indeed about project planning of an experiment. So really from from scratch. And this was very uh, beneficial. So we um, decided also to pre-register this experiment. So this will be actually my next step, which where I go into. So um, really putting down the hypothesis, looking into the data we want to collect, how do we want to collect it, and how will we evaluate it? Because this is actually something um, that for me will also be very beneficial to have an idea up front what to do with the data. And I'm really looking forward to do that. Yeah, it's the, uh, it's the same for me. So I'm very uh, excited to have learned about these uh, actual tools that you can use to be more open about your uh, about your data and your analysis pipelines. And I'm definitely hoping to share more of that in the future. For me, like listening to um, to the talks, which were fantastic, and uh, just breathing the atmosphere here, it seems like everybody is such agreement of like, yes, this is definitely the word, the, the way forward, and. How could you do science any other way? And there are so many practical tips and tools for people who are actually even doing that. So it's not just theoretical, it's very practical. Do you feel that you're going to be pioneers when you go back to your home institutions? Or is it just something that, well, it's bringing back and everybody will be like, oh, yeah, OK, let's let's do it together. Like, I, basically, are you, are you at the spearhead of something? Or do you feel you're already in this kind of acceptance soup swimming there but just need to get more knowledge about how to actually practically apply things it's very interesting that you say that we were early in the morning when we had this um, set um, the session where people were like presenting what they have done the last day and then someone was asking okay how many of you are on open science framework for example and then almost everybody had their hands up so i feel like the people that are here are already very much engaged and I feel like um, we are the ones that need to be the pioneers for our labs. Like for the lab that I am in personally, that's what we're actually doing at the moment. Like we're really trying to set up this open science uh, framework. And I was so amazed by the talk that we just had by uh, Candice Moore, who basically is living the dream that we want to set up at some point. Um, so I really hope we can be these people who make the impact uh, at the end of the day. Yeah, so um, in our domain so the economics domain especially in our institution i think this is something um, rather new so um, we will probably be um, some pioneers here it's also debated definitely so um, uh, i know that um, it's been a discussion in the department for a while and um, 
we now just decide we will do it. Um, we don't see any harm currently, why, why it should harm the research. And um, yeah, we will, we will just try it and we will see what comes out of it and what the others will say about that. Um, yeah, from, from my side, so I work in uh, neuroimaging. Uh, so data analysis is often uh, quite complex and that also poses some, some challenges to how you can say, for example, pre-register a study as a PhD student who's also learning about these, uh, these new analyses uh, or trying to implement them for the first time. It's very difficult to actually foresee every little uh, step as you might want to if you were writing a pre-registration. Uh, so yeah, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to this uh, sort of challenge of actually putting it uh, to work in everyday practice. Do you think it uh, makes you be a better scientist? Uh, I do think so, yeah. I think it's, uh, it's certainly good, uh, good for the science that we do. Um, but it is a change to, uh, to the way that we do it, actually. Um, because we, um, if you actually pre-register the steps of your analysis, uh, the time investment uh, kind of shifts towards um, before beginning or thinking about these problems before actually beginning the analysis, rather than figuring out all the problems uh, in the analysis as long uh, as, as you go along. And uh, so, so there sort of uh, needs to be a shift in and how we plan these uh, these project, at least in uh, in in the field that I work in. Yeah. I also think it's um, it needs a new skill, right? It's uh, all about now when you do something that you haven't done before, you need to do data simulation. And most of us are not trained in doing data simulation, and that's why having these symposiums like that, who where people come together and actually have the skill set and can teach you some um, stuff that really gives you a kickstart um, on doing all these new responsibilities that you have as a scientist as soon as you um, go into the open science, really. Um, yeah, so I really, I, like, I have to agree, it really makes you a better scientist, but it also um, needs way more skills um, that you already had to have before, basically. Okay, so what was your favorite moment of the conference? There were so many, I don't even know. Um, actually, I even liked the, like the way the social event was organized. So in the evening we had uh, dinner in a, in a restaurant in Leipzig. And even the menu had like the branding of the conference. So it was such a nice, I mean, it's not, it's not a big deal, you know, but it's like, it's such a nice thing like put, to put thoughts in something like this as well. I'm just really so impressed about the organization, Maria. I mean, the, the content was amazing, really cool people. I had a really interesting conversation with so many people. But just the organization, I'm, I'm just wowed. I think my favorite part was actually the hands-on session that we did um, for the Beginner's Guide to Public Engagement. That was interesting. And there was, I think we had like people from six or seven different institutes, all from different disciplines. and. I enjoyed so much how everyone had something to share about their research. And from the beginning, it was a little bit difficult because they, you know, 
always the same thing of what to share and nobody's interested and how to bring it across. And then we did an exercise where everyone went around and just said one thing that they were really interesting and that they had to share. And just to see the difference in the beginning to the end, mm. that was for me amazing. And there are still some things in my head that are, I just, I went to the doctor and I had to take antibiotics and we had someone in there. And one of her key messages was take your antibiotics to the end if your doctor prescribes them or antifungal. And, you know, I had my antibiotics and sometimes I wasn't taking them exactly correct. And I had her in my ears. So it was like, you know, sharing and communicating science makes sense. And just this experience of these hands-on tools that people have towards open science, that was for me the most interesting part. Yeah, yeah actually this antibiotic thing, that was quite good because, uh, I mean, uh, she was working on um, infection of skin in in cows, right? Mm -hmm. And the beginning, she was like, I have nothing that's interesting for people. And then boiled it down to this one key message because we had this like, exercise where I had to like basically take home message like, mm -hmm. what do you think public should know about, you know, your area of research? And I was like, wow, I mean, of course it's super relevant. That was really cool. Yeah, absolutely. And there's so much misinformation about medical practices and, and so much pseudoscience around anyone who's got anything to do with health. That was exactly the point that we had in, um, in our workshop was there's so much misinformation and you personally are able to have that little misinformation. You know where it is because you're an expert in something. So what do you have to share? Mm. And I think, I think it went, went home well. Like a lot of people came up to us afterwards. So that was my personal favorite part about it. But that's only because, you know, I experienced it then. I was also in a workshop um, on good scientific practice. What does it mean in everyday practice? But there was a card game that we played where we had to rethink about the values that we had and then order them. Like when doing research, which kind of values do I have? And I was surprised to find that for me personally, openness was not <laughs> in my absolute number one value place. But that was only because I feel like the research that I'm doing, nobody cares about, which is totally crap. Oh, we should do this exercise with you then. <laughs> I mean, we also had okay. Dan, Dan Quintera, who was talking about how, you know, you should be using uh, the social, social media to get a fast feedback loop. And I thought about Twittering a few times, you know. <laughs> I'm at the point of starting my analysis. <laughs> you should, you should. And yeah. in fact, um, Dan's interview is going to be the episode next time. So you can learn more about research and social media and how that might be useful for you. And oxytocin research. Yes. I think it's really inspiring that... Um, that it was organized by PhD students. Um, I know we've said this a lot, but I think it really is great to see, one, that PhD students can organize a conference, you know, um, mm -hmm. such a, a high-level one, um, off their own backs. And secondly, that it's this theme for the conference, that mm -hmm. this is what the scientists of tomorrow are interested in, in doing good scientific practice. That makes our lives a lot easier Um and, and it's also a very optimistic message, actually. Totally but, optimistic, yeah. I have every faith in the next generation, actually. <laughs> For me, another take-home message was also that it's no longer about the concept of open science. Mm -hmm. It's now about the hands-on tools to practice open science. Like, the consensus is there that mm -hmm. we need to share open science and work together, but just how to do it. Right. 
And yeah. again, you know, a little bit more of this focus back to open science basically just means robust science. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah so, that makes sense. Yeah. The concept is like it's already established somehow to a certain extent. But you do always hear, hear continuously, you know, that this is something that senior researchers need to attend. Yeah, but um, there are very few who are doing it somehow. Well, yeah, I was having this conversation actually with a colleague um, last week. And I was saying what Bjorn Brems told us, which is basically you can see it from an evolutionary perspective. So the people who did well at the current system, i.e. publish or perish and so forth, did it very, very well. That's why they're now PIs and professors and so forth. So they're the like the most pure form of that system. And of course, what does any successful form of evolution do? It teaches its young to do the same thing. So because they, they, you know, in all good faith, they believe they're trying to help. They think they're teaching the right things because it worked for them, so why wouldn't it work for their students? Um, so it's very difficult to break that, that feedback loop. Yeah, I mean, okay, we are in this uh, situation now where basically we cannot afford to go on as, as business as usual for many different reasons. No. So it's, yeah, it's the external factors that are rather pushing than the than the internal kind of the, the older generation yeah. teaching the young to follow a good example. It's more like the external factors that are forcing a change in academia and the young generation is reacting and yeah. also actually reacting to like, wait a second, yeah. that's not what I signed up for. <laughs> Yeah. But they're exactly reacting to wanting to be doing good science. Yeah. So that's why I think that the title of this symposium is just perfect because it, it goes away from this whole like, oh, ideal conception of science should be open for everybody mm -hmm. to, you know, doing good science means doing good. Yeah. Point. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, I, th I think it's a good um, perspective shift. On that note, let's, uh, that's, let's conclude our part one from the Doing Good conference. Part two will be interview with Dan Quintana. Thank you for joining us. This podcast, as always, was brought to you by the Orion Open Science Project, which is funded by the European Union. The music was produced and composed by Fabi de Miguel. The sound mixing is done by Paolo Oliveira. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can follow us on Twitter at OOSP underscore Orion pod. Uh, please follow us, message us, retweet us. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can also email us on orion at mdc-berlin.de. And we hope that you enjoyed this episode and join us next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.